All right, it's the DT difference. It's 30 years experience in the game. DT systems. E-collars we've been using for a while now, but let's quickly talk about their dummy launchers. They got the Super Pro dummy launcher and the remote dummy launcher. It's a great way for you and your dog to get ready for duck season. Loud bangs. Make sure your dog's cool with gunfire before you use it. But I want you to add it to your repertoire, bag of tricks, and get you and your dog ready for duck season. It's the Super Pro Dummy Launcher by DT. Gunner Kennels, baby. Hashtag man's best kennel. Well, it's also now hashtag man's best food crate. It's freaking raccoon proof. You can't get into this thing. Your dog can't bust into the lid and eat all the food. Trust me, I know Memphis has done it in the past. She looks like a blown up pumpkin. Boom. But not anymore. We've got the Gunner Kennel food crate. It's easy to pack easy to store keeps food dry which food's an investment man that purina baby it ain't cheap anymore so keep it dry good all that stuff easy to pack easy to store the gunner kennel food crate slide into dms if you'd like to learn more it's force fetch baby it's the number one question we get asked you don't know how to fix it let me help you let me get you to your goals we built a course bunch of videos i think there's 13 or 14 videos start to finish on how you and your dog can get through the force fetch process successfully. The link's in the description. Be sure to check it out and let me help you and your dog. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. I'm really excited for this episode. It's a little bit different than normal. We are having my friend Rob Kugler. He's an author, apparently an actor, which I didn't know. Um, Phenomenal guy, phenomenal journey, and a true story about the unspoken bond that he shared with his dog, Bella. Rob traveled across the country and nearly hit all 50 states with his dog as she battled cancer in her last 16 months of life. This story tells his whole life story, really. And so I hope you enjoy. I hope you cherish the moments that he had with his dog and the moments that allowed him to meet people and bring people together around the bond of the dog. But first, let's touch base with patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. It's the community that we built that supports you guys. If you have questions about dog training, you get one-on-one from me. Uh, It's basically like buying me and Kevin a beer to produce a podcast, do YouTube, Instagram, all the good stuff where we help you develop your dog. We do every other month or every other month, every other week we do happy hour Zoom meetings where we all get together and have a drink and talk about dogs and help with training questions. Um, never before seen videos, pre-releases, et cetera, et cetera. It's a really fun platform that we'd love for you to be a part of. So it's patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Also, LoneDuckOutfitters.com, baby. We got new gear that just got uploaded. Um, So check it out. It's called Giddy Up. It's a new t-shirt design. We're excited. And also, in the next month or so, we've got a whole revamped website. So if you're tuning into this episode Months and later, check out the new website. We appreciate you. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, new 
videos are being dropped weekly throughout the course of 2023. Really excited about that. And lastly, our force fetch course. One of the main questions we get about helping people with their dogs is problems that they have that revolve around force fetch. So we developed an online platform that takes a dog, takes many dogs from start to finish through the force fetch course, different personalities, different breeds, different situations that they're in. And we show you how we handle it so that you can do it with your dog. Link is in the description. Next up, from the duck blind to the holding blind, baby, is Purina. The, the big dogs are getting that 30-20 pro plan sport, and the young dogs are getting large breed puppy. Next up, Gunner Kennels, man's best kennel. Always innovating, always made in America, bringing you and your dog the best and safest way to ride down the road. Next up, shoot or shoot, baby. It's almost turkey season. I'm ready to get out there and listen to some thunder chickens. <laughs> Turkeys, baby, that's what I'm talking about. I'm ready to go down sit in the woods, listen for those turkeys gobbling, and see if we can get on a bird this season. And Ken Cartridge is going to be my main whammy. All right, let's get into the show. Rob, welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here. Do me a favor. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. All right, Ray. Well, first off, uh, glad that we can finally make this happen. Uh, you just to, you know, we can feel everybody in that I was, I was, able to like stop by your pad when when was that was that november it was snowing out so i remember that it was november right, december yeah, time it, frame. Was, it was snowing out to the point to where we we were ready to do this podcast live but you know like in in house in studio uh but the the snow gods were just a, a little bit too uh fierce you're right you're right they, the power went out that's what it yeah. was so we got yeah. pizza and had beer in no power that was awesome yeah. i forgot about that yeah, it turned out to be a pretty awesome day, and I got to see your new your new digs, and I just, you know, love seeing you. Uh, you know, before I talk about me, I just want to say that I just love seeing you continue to grow from where I met you a few years ago, uh, and I just love it when someone says that they've got a dream and they're uh and they continue to work hard and and dedicate themselves to to make that dream come to life, and I just I'm proud of you, dude. So, um, yeah, for sure, Thank um, you. and uh. That being said, um, yeah, so my name's Rob, uh, Rob Kugler. I know most people know me. Uh, it's from my relationship with my dog, uh, Bella. Uh, but uh, before we get into that, I'll just say that, you know, I'm from small town, Nebraska. Um, I was, you know, just born in a, into a, you know, a interesting dynamic of my dad had three kids before he met my mom and my mom had three kids and then they got married and then had me and it was like the Brady Bunch but plus one <laughs> minus a nanny and, and uh living in like a, a trailer house that was two trailer houses connected by a plywood hallway Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> and it's like oh a double wide I was like no 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 two singles makeshift hallway connected the two uh turns out that doesn't uh you know, bode well for a healthy relationship or a healthy dynamic. So that my parents split when uh, I was just about three. And then I lived with my mom um, and, you know, my, my half siblings, which I hate the term half siblings, but that's, um, you know, it's just the Doheny side. So like I stayed with my mom's, you know, kids who were all my, you know, my two brothers, uh, 
John, Mike, and my sister, Amy. And then I'd go to this, uh, see my dad in the summers in uh, Colorado. He got uh, remarried and moved to Colorado when I was five. And uh, my biggest brother, or, or my brother, Mike, he was five years um, older than me. And he was my closest brother. So um, it was five, seven, and 12 were the age differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike uh, joined the Marines uh, out of high school. And I... I just watched what it did for him. Uh, and it was, it was pretty amazing. That was in 97 when he joined and he was an infantryman. And when I was signing my paperwork in 99, like that's what I thought I wanted to do. And he was like, don't go active duty. Don't go infantry. Like we're not going to war ever. You know, like the, the world has nukes now. Mm-hmm. All we do is just, uh, run our dicks into the dirt and break our bodies training for no reason. Go, go into the reserves and go to college, get a job. Mm-hmm. And so I, I listened to him. Uh, so then I went to boot camp to 2000 uh, and went to the reserve unit, checked into the reserve unit uh, in, in uh, 2001 uh, after training had finished up. And well, we all know what happened in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. And what was a real big bummer for that is that my brother's. um, So my brother had reenlisted by then. So from 97 to 01 was his first four year enlistment. So when he reenlisted, he wanted to do something that was uh, just because just like the advice that he gave me, he's like, guys that are getting out of the infantry are behind. They're not they don't have anything for themselves, if anything they're worse off than they, when they went in just from, you know, being, uh, their bodies being broken and, and not really having translatable skills other than getting a job as a armed, uh, you know, like a Wells Fargo armored Security car driver. Gear, yeah. 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 Stuff like that. That's why the, the movie that John Cena called the Marine was like the most just awful military movie, but we all joked about how like the most accurate thing about it was that he was a security guard after, <laughs> after being like a, <laughs> You know, special forces marine, like yeah, yeah, that that hits, that rings pretty true. Um, which there's a lot of things they're they're doing it better about that now. Um, and there's a lot of people understanding the what they call the soft skills that come out, uh, the leadership skills, and how those can be translated. But anyway, um, so when September 11th happened, my brother had reenlisted into security forces, and then now he was in a non-deployable MOS. Uh, doing um, security forces out of Kings Bay, Georgia, guarding the nuclear warheads, which pretty you know it's a pretty important job, uh, especially when your country is under attack. Uh, but when you are an infantryman that uh, he promoted to sergeant in two years and uh, five months in the infantry, which is really unheard of. Uh, Marine of the quarter, Marine of the division, um, meritorious promoted, jungle warfare training instructor, just badass dude. And, uh, yeah, he was driving around a base in, in Georgia and checking the fence and every day. And, yeah, you know, he told me about was, uh, um, you know, he, uh, would have to check out ammunition and grenades from the armory every morning and then count them and then put them in the Humvee and then do the rounds and then come back and check them back into the armory and count them. And that was just one of the things that he was like, 
again, his unit three, five, uh, the dark horse, um, sorry, let me, my, my phone might ding a little bit. Is that okay? I, I it, will that be too distracting? You're good, buddy. Okay. Um, I just need it so I can know if mama bear needs me. Yeah, you're good, man. You're good. <laughs> the, um, so yeah, his units, uh, was, you know, was deploying and they were at, at war and he was, uh, not able to be there and, and lead the troops, uh, that he had been with for the previous years. And it was, it, it ate at him and, uh, myself, I had, uh, volunteered previously for a, uh, tour along Central and South America called Unitas, uh, because right away I realized that I should have gone active duty. Like that was one of the things I was pissed about my brother about was because since I never had, again, just single mom stuff and, and, uh, no like mentors uh, as far as education goes, even just through growing up in high school. When I went to the university of Nebraska to apply to like, again, that's, that's so I went through training. Right. And then now I've got the GI bill. So now I can go to college. That, that was the whole point of joining the reserve. One, I find out that uh, they only, they pay 50% of tuition and then $270 per month. So not enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, uh, and, but the, the, the best part is, is that I couldn't get into the university. I, I didn't take enough classes in high school to make it into a university. Dang. So I had to go to the community college and then start taking classes there. Uh, and then when I went there, I was, I did well in psychology and sociology and, you know, anything that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a gabber, I'm a, I'm a people person. So that kind of stuff's pretty easy for me. But then it turns out that when, when I was taking biology as prereqs for, uh, you know, elementary ed is what I was trying to go towards uh, at uh, the university. Um, it turns out that cleaning the iguana cages in high school to pass my biology course um, did not translate to passing a college biology course. I feel and, you there. So I I, uh, I dropped I, I dropped that and then had to figure out you know like what I was going to do there uh, and the math and biology were just really holding me back from from making it into a university honestly um, and that that was that was hard to take because I didn't realize uh, I was that stupid <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, you know I was like oh, okay all right so we'll just leave this to the smart kids um, and. Uh, but talking about the, the volunteering for the Unitas tour. So that's what uh, I was like, Hey, I want to go active duty. That's, that's how I got into talking about school is. So once I realized I was like, well, shoot, I, I can't even pursue a four-year degree. Um, I, I was a good Marine. The, my instructors uh, in my schools, like were saying, Hey, we, we could use you in the fleet. We need you in the fleet. We need Marines like you. Um, I was like, hell yeah. I mean, I wanted to exist in a world like that. Um, and so I was trying to do whatever I could to, to go, um, you know, back into, into something. And this was going to be a seven month tour. And then September 11th happened. And then all the, um, you know, the, uh, deployments started getting slated while I was going, um, 
to supposed to be in that tour. And so then my CO wouldn't take me off that list as they were plugging in the numbers for the deployments. And so I ended up not deploying. Like when my buddies deployed, I stayed home. So I was kind of like my brother in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're both kind of like in this stalemate of, um, and and it's weird because in retrospect, you're like, do you, do you really want to go to war? Um, No. I mean, but if you, if you didn't, then you shouldn't have been a Marine in the first place. You know? Right. Right. Um, So fast forward to 2007 for me. um, That's when I finally, I finally made a deployment. And my brother uh, had then gotten out um, of the Marines in 05. And when he was looking at like the fastest way he could find to like join his buddies and and join the fights. And again, this is all weird stuff to think about 15 years later. And and especially it's not good in, in on the military wise to try to start thinking about like, why were we there and all that kind of stuff? Because it just really, it uh, it's hard to reflect on things and then think about your motivation to want to do these things, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think everybody Um, handles it differently too. Right. So I can't even put myself in those shoes so to just hear you contemplate it is interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's, and it's tough because I also like, so knowing that I'm on a podcast, right. And talking to you, I'm also cognizant over like our other veterans is going to listen to this and they're going to be like, Hey, freaking, you know what I mean? Don't get soft on us now, Marine, you know, yeah. or like yeah. been out in Washington too long, you know? And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it's because I'm, I'm still patriotic and I still love, um, uh, love my time in the Marines and, and love, love my Marine buddies. Uh, some of the best leaders I ever knew, some of the best brothers I ever knew. And one thing I didn't realize, uh, how diverse I mean, it, it was, it was a lot more of a, it was a like really great way to introduce, uh, you know, myself into a lot more cultures than I ever would have, if I hadn't, you know, if I just stayed in my hometown, especially, you know, um, where did you end up and- deploying to? So I, yeah, so I deployed to Iraq in 07, uh, to TQ, Al Takadum or Al Takadum, uh, is a air force base. Like it was a, it was Saddam's air base and we were a supply unit, the supply battalion. Um, so the, like everything came into TQ and then would get dispersed through the Al-Ambar province from TQ. Mm-hmm. And we were mechanics working on the gear that fixed, you know, like to, that moved the, the equipment that moved the supplies, you know, forklifts and um, stuff like that. And we had, uh, I ended up working on mine rollers, which are easiest way to say it is like trailers, but in reverse, like they were put front mounted uh, that had, you know, like bigger than golf cart size tires but that's kind of best um you know analogy and okay. with these casting tables that their design was to cover a hundred percent of the surface area in front of you to try to set off ieds and then dissipate the blast in front <laughs> um 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, and they, they were uh, it was an easy thing to fix. They broke a lot and needed fixed a lot. But as far as like the mental capacity to fix them, it was like pull this thing, you know, drop that, take this out, lift that. Um, so it was it was busy, um, and but it was easy. Uh, and um, so by that time, my brother had deployed with the security forces. So I, I don't know if I finished that. That uh, that his fastest way to to join the fight um, was signing on with a, a contracting company that a couple of his buddies uh, had worked with. Okay. And if you, if you've deployed, you know, say like we did, um, we, what was tough about it deploying as a, as a Marine, especially working alongside civilians. Um, I could easily see the allure. If I had deployed multiple times, one of my buddies was like, Hey, I want to deploy. And then now I was working as a contractor. I'd be like, come over, come to our side. Because you can, you don't have to deal with all of the bullshit as far as like, if you're cold, you can wear a stocking cap. Mm -hmm. But in the Marines, if you're cold, you probably freaking goddamn stocking cap on your head and watch caps haven't been authorized by the CEO. I don't know why you're freaking doing this, Marine. Are you freaking crazy? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's like... You got to get up on green on green every time you got to go to the pisser. Um, you know, like you can't walk to the pisser with just your shirt, you know, like just your shorts on. So if you wake up in the morning or middle of the night, you got to get your full PT gear on and tennis shoes and, and all that. And just, just, I mean, those are just little things. And then any, you know, infantry Marines out there, like I said, this is Fobbit life and I, I will own my Fobbitness and they call it Fobbit, uh, because it's the FOB, Forward Operating Base. And if you don't leave it, you're called the FOBIT, uh, which I I own it. I, I know that's who I was. Um, but there was just annoying parts about it. Um, and then like our civilian counterparts, mechanics are making like like 180 grand a year. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and um, some were only making only making 70. Uh, but they were working on the same stuff that we were right alongside of us. And so there's parts like, you know, are we there more for the occupying force, you know, in, in case we're needed because the mechanics, it's like sometimes some of the civilians, it's like, it seems like you guys could handle this on your own without us running around and, and trying to figure out what we're doing because we played Marines so much in our training that, we forgot to actually train on how to fix the stuff that we're supposed to fix once we got here. <laughs> and um, so, you know, what I'm getting at with that is that, um, you know, sometimes there's, uh, it's almost like you have to defend someone's decision to become a contractor. Um, and, you know, for my brother, I just don't think it was... Um, you know, like the, you know, like the money hungry Merc, you know, type of, of a, you know, scenario, uh, which I don't think is that, that really much of truth for anybody anyway. Um, but that it's just a, it's a, it's a personality. It's a, you know, a, a profile that people see when they hear contractor or operator. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, he was getting to do cool stuff and, and, um, you know, protect like high value targets and, 
run convoys and and uh like through through cities like just kind of running and gunning some fun type stuff that uh he might not have gotten to do uh as a marine in the same capacity uh but the unfortunate part about that is that uh you know um i get a email on december um ninth uh it might have been 10th by this time uh and then it said to call home mike was in an accident and then so i knew he he was on some of these fast convoys and i was like oh shit he freaking he rolled one of those trucks and he's missing his leg i just knew it i knew that he'd they'd rolled the truck and he was like on the turret and he was missing his leg um and it uh and when I say email, like how I would get my email was our, we had a bunker that was a jet uh, bunker, like where a, one jet would be stored in it. Uh, so if you could look, you can, I can still show you on Google earth and show you the bunkers. Like I can Ooh. just like scroll over there. Cause I know where the lake is. I don't yeah. need coordinates and stuff. I can just, you know, I'm like, oh, hold on. Oh, there's that lake and just zoom in. And then like, rah, rah. I'm like, Oh, and then there's a couple bunkers that have certain um, mortar shell um, craters in them. And then I can be like, okay, uh, and this one was ours. Um, and the we that's what we built our offices out of um, or inside. And I would go, I would skip chow breakfast early. You know, uh, I would skip breakfast, go to a, a little gym, and by gym it was a tent that had weights in it, and <laughs> um, it was uh, getting all getting all yoked just just by myself, you know, um, and then come into the, come into the office, hop on the government computer and then call, uh, the air force base back home, uh, in Nebraska and then get patched through to my, to my ex. And then I was talking to her when I saw this email pop up that said it was from my sister. She's, Hey, you need to call home. So again, um, and, and I'm talking to, my ex and she go when i told her this i go she goes have you have you talked to melissa and i said uh no she goes we'll uh call her so then i i call melissa and that's my brother's wife and it is like out of a movie it's like a unbelievably like written script you know um to where she's trying to talk to me but she keeps on breaking up um she got just got bad she has bad reception um and she's like Mike, comp, Mike, and then so she had to tell me this. She had to repeat it like four or five times before she finally went outside. And then she was like, uh, "Mike's convoy was hit by an IED, and and he didn't make it." And uh, that was that was uh, yeah. I guess it's funny I tell this story. Uh, but it uh, it still hits you, it still hits you. Uh, you know, every every time you get you get to saying it out loud. Um, yeah. And the uh, so I um, went and found my my uh, NCOIC Gunny Ortega Facio. Who talk like this, devil dog? Let me tell you something, okay? <laughs> and. Uh, that's actually pretty good if you knew it. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah, that's, that's a good gunny o. <laughs> yeah, I always he just made you know like 
his his uh his name was Armando, and I always joked. And I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, like white boys get names like Rob. You know, I was like, <laughs> could you imagine me like, hey, what's up? My name's Rob versus like, hello, my name is Armando Ortega Facio. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a bad I'll mofo. Be- yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we're just like, Bob oh. and Kevin and Rob. Yeah, yeah. Bob, Kevin, Rob. Oh, hi there, everybody, Rob. <laughs> but uh, what's cool about him, though, by the way, he's yeah, he retired sergeant major, and uh, fifteen years later, um, he's still. And it's weird because he's all he's gunny owes to me, but he's sergeant major Ortega, um, through his continued career, but he's still, he still messages me every Marine Corps birthday, um sometimes on the 4th of July, Memorial Day, all that kind of stuff. And, and I read it, I read his text in, in his voice, you know, Hey there, warrior. <laughs> you know, right yeah. I hope things are going good devil. Um, but, uh, so anyway, so we had to like verify through the red cross that this is what had happened. And cause that's what you need to, to be able to go home. And, you know, I, and I've, uh, I'm trying to think of how much you want to, you know, spend here in this space because I have written all this out. It's uh, yeah, you read it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I don't, I don't in mind being in a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't mind being in this space, but also I we this could take our entire interview. Um, no, I know. I think you yeah. know. I just think what what I think you did an awesome job of do, describing is like you know, who you are, that this hit you hard and as well, it should. Um, but I guess at that point, you know, fast forward into, you know, coming home after, after the war and, yeah. and what, where did that yeah. take you? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's what, um, did you just do one tour or did you do multiple? I just, I just did the one, okay. um, because I, I flew home and then like the process of me trying to catch him, because his uh, the morgue was on our his body was, you know, uh, on my base like thousand however many yards away, right? And then so I'm trying to track him down and, and fly home with him, and so I miss him leaving my base, and then I try to catch him in Kuwait, and they can't stop them, right? Um, and they can't stop one person, and because they don't know who anybody is, you know, as far as like what that entails, you know, um, it was, it was an EFP, uh, explosive form projectile. And, uh, there was, um, there was one survivor, um, and everyone inside the vehicle was killed, but the, um, the survivor was on a turret and he got launched 300 yards. Um, and his, his story of, of how he survived, getting out of the ditch pulling himself up by his his elbow um missing one leg and chunks out of the other and and a lot of his his other hand um is 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 pretty amazing and i just got to meet him just this last year uh so that was that was pretty amazing um and anyway um so when i do get home there is a letter that Mike had left with me years prior before his first um, tour. And it said to be opened in case of funeral. And I hated that he had left that with me, you know? Um, but once he was gone, 
I was so glad that he that he did. Um, and I actually just read it back just two days ago for the first time in many years. And I really want to try to reach out to some of the leaders that he mentions as some of his, uh, you know, like the mentors that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'd like to hear more from them and hear more about him because I've kind of focused on, um, what he said to my family and to me and, uh, he, in it, um, and he, he thought our family isn't very big and our funerals haven't been very big, you know, like, so I don't think that he had any idea that it was obvious that this was to be read at his funeral. Mm-hmm. Right. His, his funeral was at our municipal building, uh, in my little hometown of Broken Bow. And it was, it was completely packed and standing, standing room only like the entire town came to show up the Patriot guard, uh, rode there and the American Legion riders showed up, um, I'm sorry. They they came on foot because it was it was freaking it was Nebraska in, in just before Christmas and it was like freaking seven degrees outside and blowing mm-hmm. blowing you know wind. So, uh, but uh, in the in this letter, um, he he you know says that he is sorry for for the pain that he's caused and and uh, the memories that he's missed and that he respects my mom so much and that you know she is his hero. Um, and I just love that so much that he said that to her. Um, cause again, my mom's four eleven, blind in one eye, been 70% deaf since she was born. And she, she raised four kids on her own. Uh, and we all turned out to not be pieces of shit. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I still got a long ways. You're to go. up we'll in see. the air still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, it's, it's the thing where I remember Mike saying that, and I just still think about that a lot. And sometimes it's hard because you don't want to like walk around with a chip on your shoulder or whatever. Um, but sometimes there is like some pride of, of, of knowing where you come from and knowing where statistically you could have ended up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think the military really helped us with that. Even though I hate the narrative when people are, there are some people that think that the military is only for people that don't have any other chance in life and you know and which is which is bullshit but i feel like we're kind of with some of those chances to where i don't know where we would have ended up if we hadn't joined you know sure um and uh just because it showed us it it brought us out of our hometown and it gave us a sense of purpose and and um a sense of belonging on a bigger scale than we ever knew uh but so uh again tells my mom's hero yeah, uh, brother and sister. He says, you know, that they're such great parents, and he respects them so much for that. My sister had a uh, boy, um, has has a boy, Chandler, who just turned twenty five, and he looks wow. when you when you see him, you see Mike's eyes looking back at you, and it's it's really cool. Um, but you know, there's times where it's like, man, it's like looking at a ghost, you know. Um, and he thinks it's pretty cool, but there's sometimes he's like, well, hey, these are my eyes, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. You know, don't don't put don't put too much in into, you know. Remember that I'm here, and don't just look at me like I am a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, but 
I'm just so, so proud of him and what, what he's done with his life. And then my uh, brother, John had a little girl, uh, Patricia, who's 19 right now in college. Um, and there's, uh, you know, I mean, just, just her at the funeral was its, its own thing, you know, just looking at the casket and she was three years old at the time and just being, you know, is uncle Mike in there? And then explaining to her. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, things that those things that just kind of never go away, that stick with you. Um, so when he gets to me, he's like to my little brother, Bob, uh, you've got more talent in your little finger than I do my entire body. Uh, you've got dreams, bro. Chase them. And uh, my dream was to move to LA and uh, like go to the Groundlings Improv Theater and try to make it on Saturday Night Live. That's like, because that's who I was in the military uh, was it, it got harder as I started to promote because then, then I couldn't be the jovial dude as much, you know, it's a lot easier when you're lower ranking. Um, but I just doing impersonations of everybody. Yeah. Just like that gunny. O, you know, yeah. impersonation. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, and everyone would, just ask me, you know, sometimes I'd just be called like the platoon, uh, morale booster. Like that was my, that was my billet, you know, mm -hmm. um, was just to keep morale up and to keep uh, people laughing. And, you know, so I, I did, I, I moved to LA and I enrolled in the groundlings and I was loving it. Um, and, uh, booked, booked the very first audition that I ever had in LA uh, which was awesome. Um, cool. It was, for, and it ended up being, uh, it was a military campaign for, it was for the VA, but still is like, oh, well that's a shoe in. I mean, but I was up against thousands of other dudes and, you know, and the, one of the coolest parts about that for me is that one of my Marines reached out to me and he was, uh, he was about to quit the Nebraska wrestling team. And that, commercial came up no in the way. locker room and then he's like look at kugler man he said he was going to do it and he went out there and he, he did it like immediately that's and crazy he stayed, right and he stayed on the team and to me uh, uh, and that's one of the things that's also tough about leave having left there and i guess we'll get there in a minute um is that uh People, it's weird. People like, uh, people like to just crap on any LA experiences, you know, uh, pr pretty, pretty harshly. Um, especially if, you know, like, cause like the narrative, since I ended up leaving, um, it's just people assume that I, I left because I, I couldn't make it. Um, but I was, I was kicking ass. Uh, I was motivated um, and continuing to book auditions and being on projects and uh, making like cool connections and having so many cool experiences and getting to meet some of my, you know, biggest heroes. Um, I mean, dude, getting to meet Jack Black and tell him uh, I was like of all the movies in the world <laughs> it inspired me to like to come to L.A., uh, because there, I had hesitated about that, um, about Mike's letter at first, because I had met, I was with my ex, um, and we were going to get married. And I was like, this is the life I want to lead. I don't want to give this up to move to LA anymore. And then my, we, we went to Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, I want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to, I want to be with these people. I want to be around people that can dress up, you know, uh, and completely make fun of the world um, yeah. and, and laugh, laugh about it in, in ways that are um, offensive, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause like that's, and that's getting, you know, harder and harder as, as we, you know, are in 2023 right now uh, to have a sense of humor that, you know, there's times like sometimes, sometimes I like to say offensive shit. Um, Cause it's funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if you know <laughs> who I am, you know, if you know my character, you know how anti me it is. Right. Yeah, right. Like for, for people that know me and know like what I do and what I'm about and how, how often I am trying to help people and bring people together. But I also, um, it, it, it's part of, uh, it, the military humor and like first responder humor. Sometimes it has to be dark to, to, to make it through that stuff, you know, and it has to be, um, edgy and things are where the rest of the world can't handle it. And then that's either way. So, um, in LA for going on five years and I, you know, I married my ex-wife and she came with me and I, I put everything ahead of her. Um, she was working full-time as an accountant. I was working whenever I could get jobs. Uh, and, um, I was working at, uh, Sam, like, like doing, working for video game stuff, making 25 bucks an hour just to show people how to play Xbox, you know, like, pretty awesome gigs um yeah not bad yeah yeah and then you know getting uh, a commercial where all i do is just walk out of a jeep um and made like 40 grand on that commercial holy uh, crap i can walk out of yeah. a jeep no uh, no exactly yeah you know what i mean it's like yeah you make you make a hundred grand bob okay? oh baby like, come on yeah, but what was crazy is getting a taste of that sure getting a taste of that was so tough because like if if they would not have remodeled the Jeeps that very next year, that commercial would have continued to run. And it, it could have, it could have made 20, 30 grand a year, every year that it ran for me, you know? Right. And like, it's like, Holy cow. So when people are like, Oh, are you sad? You didn't make it. I was like, bro, you don't have to be a, a movie star. Like it to, to be making it like for me to make any dollars at all was making it. Yeah. And yeah. And then even just the extra stuff, the background stuff, like being on, you know, on the set of Transformers and, and, uh, X-Men first class and, uh, getting to meet all, you know, again, cool people. And, uh, I was a dog handler on the set of, um, uh, the last episode of the closer. And I got to meet Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Uh, yeah, cause I met Kira because I was alongside her. And, and of course, since I had the dog, people wanted to like pet it was a big old bloodhound big old ears you know and i was just like mm -hmm. being like i was a canine searching for dead bodies you know like that's mm -hmm. my role and i've never even seen that episode so i stopped watching <laughs> <laughs> I, stopped, I stopped watching a lot of these because i found out very quickly for some like you can see me in castle and like uh rizzolian isles and all these little things and again these are just extra stuff and some people will still shit on this entire experience. Dude, I I'm think still... it's awesome. No, I know, me too, right? Because I'm still the kid. Everywhere I was, I was still the kid. And I still, even when I think about it, I'm like, I'm still the kid. 
and it was excited to be there. But also, I was fulfilling my brother's last wishes. Yeah. Right. And then so like the entire time that I was there, that was part of my story. And then when my wife at the time wanted to move home, I was like, I'm going to stay here because this is me. And the moment that she drove away, I went inside and looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, you are a piece of shit. You went back on everything that you believe in and your morals and you knew this was going to happen if you came out here. This is why you said that you didn't want to do it. So then I have the quote freedom to be there and to, to just fully dive into it. But I now I'm I don't have the energy and I feel like I'm a, you know, like I'd never felt like that about myself before, you know, <laughs> like yeah. and and um, and my ex and I were good. And then when I say this, I don't, it's not like, oh, I wish that wouldn't, would have never have happened, but it was the fact that I never wanted to get divorced. And so much it was because of my own parents, right? So um, I'm very happy um, with where I'm at now and um, kind of giving it away, but uh, I've got a small family now and beautiful wife. Um, and that doesn't take away anything from what we have, but it still is hard for me that our story isn't the only, you know, like there still is a, you know, a chapter in my life that I was a selfish asshole. And I still, oh, I still carry that with me, you know, to where am I still that? Um, and so that's something that, that I, that I battle with, especially when I reread my brother's letter and it said, um, hey. you got dreams, bro, chase them. You're going to be a good dad. It's awesome. And then I was like, wait a minute. So were those, that, did I, did I interpret my own dream? No, this is the dreams. Maybe it was, plus I'll be a good dad. Right. Yeah. But so, you know, and then, so like these, you know, these things, um, how old are you at this time? Uh, I was uh, 30, okay. 30 by then. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and so, uh, all along this while, my wife, my my ex and I had a chocolate lab named Bella. And it's it's very interesting because where we lived in Los Angeles completely revolved around her because we moved to Los Angeles with an 80-pound lab. And that really restricts your ability to rent a place. And because it. it was size. Breed didn't matter. It was size. And I was always like, do you realize that this dog leaves zero footprint in the house? And I'm, I mean, and I'm, I'm like, I'm talking like carbon footprint, like doggy footprint, not just paw prints. I'm talking, God, I've got so many friends, little dogs. I use like pee pads and, you know, <laughs> or just like cats that are shitting in litter boxes and walking all over the counters. Right. And I was like, this dog doesn't get in the trash, you know, um, she was kennel trains uh, and man, she was, she was amazing. Um, but, we lived in areas that were so far away from our friends uh, that we, I had some friends that already lived there. And then like the Hollywood audition studio city um, area, because it was just so much more expensive, like out of our price range to find something that allowed big dogs there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's how much we loved our dog. (laughs) You know, it's like, this is, I mean, we're not, it's not like we're going to be like, oh, we're going to not get rid of the dog. 
we're going to completely change our lifestyle and our experience to suit our relationship with our dog. How old and, is Bella at this time? Uh, she would have been uh, like four-ish, uh, okay. approaching, approaching six throughout. Um, so cause two when we got there. Yeah, two when we got there. Gotcha. So when um when Charlie, that's my ex's name, when she leaves, she um she wants me to keep Bella because she thinks that Bella will be better for me. And then um one of the times I was back in Nebraska, uh she had gotten a house with a nice yard and uh Bella was with me and in an apartment uh, to where she was getting walks, but no yard. And so then she stayed with Charlie again, um, you know, and so I am in LA trying to figure out what I want to do. And I feel like I should be moving out of LA because it's just not, I don't know. Like, I think one of the big, biggest things for me was, I was trying to get people to show up to a home renovation for a, a three-time Purple Heart recipient um, at a show card called George to the Rescue from the East Coast had come to Compton, California to help uh, renovate this dude's house. And he was from my brother's unit hmm. years after, so he didn't know my brother. But I showed up there, uh, and I was trying to get people there every day for two weeks. And... Um, you know, I, I dug the entire uh, footprint for his flagpole that they planted. And it was, it was big. Like, it was like talking like at least waist deep. And, you know, I don't like for because it was a big old pole that they put up there for him. And, and I, I tilled the entire, you know, yard. And I, I met a kid there named Leon and, and a local kid that just was kind of peeking around. And I was like, hey, do you want to come on here? And I introduced him to the people and ended up buying him a lawnmower and a weed eater and stuff so that he could have his own little lawn business. And, and, um, I was just like, either way, like I was trying to get more vets there from this veteran, uh, in film and television, uh, network that I had. And sorry if anybody, uh, I'm sure none of them are listening. Um, but even so you can hear this, <laughs> no one showed up until an email went out that said, Hey, we are filming the reveal. And then everyone and wanted we to want be there. more people. Everyone showed up. And then like take, you know, like, oh, look at me with my flower. Look at me doing this good deed. And I was just like, I do not. These are not my people. Hmm. My people from the Midwest are people that show up to help you, that work, they're laborers, that that will either do it for free for you, knowing that you're gonna do something for them. Or do it for a fair price, uh, but just going to work hard and sweat. And they're never going to ask you who's there when you um, invite them over, you know, or what's in it for me. And so mm -hmm. I was like, I think I need to leave this place. And um, there was a possibility to get a job with a cycling organization that I had um, rode with, uh, with wounded vets. And um I kind of missed that opportunity as I was going back and forth of like, do I want to move back to Nebraska and try to repair things uh, with my relationship? Or is that too far gone? Uh, do I want to just drive up the coast and which is funny, end up in Oregon? Like that was just, a, I'd seen pictures of Oregon. Um, 
was like, maybe that's what I'll just do and work at a bike shop and just forget trying to chase any dream and just live simply. And uh, I decided I wanted a cycling job. So since I'd hesitated, I missed the training that if I would have gotten the job when it was offered to me, but it was still no one was hired yet. And they were doing a ride in Kentucky. So I was driving all the way to Kentucky to uh, join the ride, ride my ass off and prove that they needed to hire me. Right. Um, and because the job would have been in San Diego working at the Naval Medical Center um, alongside dudes injured coming home and then you help repair, you know, rehabilitate them through adaptive cycling. Uh, are you kidding me? I mean, uh, have you ever been to yeah. San Diego? I mean, just just and, and the, like uh, it just was what a, what a dream that would be. Right. Um, so on my way through, I stop and I see my dad uh stepmom and my grandma in Colorado Springs and um we have a just a, a great time there catching up and I get on to visit family in Nebraska for a couple days and then I'm gonna head on to Kentucky and then on Good Friday my uh, dad called me my grandma had a stroke and she was in a coma and I uh told I told him um it's like well I think grandma would honestly, and again, because this is what what's tough about that selfish thing is now it's hard for me to make decisions for myself because I'm always thinking, are you selfish? Right. right? So sometimes I don't stand up for myself because I'm battling this thing of am I selfish? And then that, you know, sometimes I miss opportunities. But at this time, you know, I was like, I, th- I think grandma would want me to go on to Kentucky and do this ride. You know, like if, if, uh, if you're there with her, if family's there with her and will it, will I be of benefits to, to be alongside her bed while she's in a coma? Mm-hmm. We don't, we think that, you know, this will be okay if she passes away or if she wakes up, um, we'll reevaluate. And I get a call Sunday morning from my cousin. She's bawling. Oh my, you need to call your dad. And uh, I love her, um, love you guys. Um, but I was a little bit, you know, annoyed uh, at her level of hysteria. At because obviously grandma died, right? But when our we should we should be prepared for our grandparents to die. I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk about that, but that's something that we unless you die every person's gonna see their grandparents die and then likely their parents die so it's something that it shouldn't be like a hysterical moment in my opinion and i know that's you can call me an asshole for that um but maybe my brother's death had hardened me uh you know too um because that's something that you're like you two you guys are supposed to grow like when you think of your life you're 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 always going to be in each other's lives you never plan you will never plan for like what's going to happen when my bro dies. That you don't plan on that. Right. So, um, but you got it. You've got to know that your grandparents are going to. Let alone, you know, also your parents, but definitely your grandparents. And um, and I'm just saying this uh, because uh, just to show you the mindset that I was in. And so I call my dad. I'm like, hey, dad. He's like, hey, Bob. And 
And he's like, well, uh, Charity, Charity, Jason, and Joy, that's that's his his kids, my uh, two sisters and brother on his side. They were on their way to come see Grandma, and they uh, they got in a, an accident on I-80, and, and uh, Charity didn't make it. Jesus. And um, I was like, oh, that's why Bridget was calling me hysterically. And, um, so I, uh, I was a couple hours away from where they were. Um, I didn't know they were going, um, they all, they live in Iowa. And so they were actually just, I was a little bit North and central, central Nebraska. And they were, you know, East and they driving along I-80. I was like in two hours North of I-80, um, when they were driving through. And then had the accident. And then so um, I uh, drove and met my stepbrother and we picked them up at the hospital. Um, and my the surviving brother and sister were virtually unscathed and um, drove them back to Iowa. And then hung out there for a day or two and met with uh, my sister that was killed, Charity, her two kids. And she had... Uh, to uh just about to be adult kids who are um um they're 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 doing pretty well now um the the boy especially um but it's still tough because it's one of those things where you'd still like to do more mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so that was uh I so I didn't go to Kentucky needless to say yeah man what a and again, you're 30, maybe 31. Yeah, 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 maybe 31 by now at that time. Um, and what was really interesting to me that I think about that process with my sister is that it was really weird to be in a place to where I could help my dad bury his daughter and help him arrange a funeral Um and help him with the politics of his ex-wife and religious beliefs and funeral planning. And, you know, and I was like, I just was able to just help with that because I was like, Hey, I've, I've been here just a few years ago. So, um, um, and you know, that's, uh, it's, uh, so that's, so then there I was in Nebraska, um, after her funeral um and now what where right. i miss kentucky so there's the job i mean they 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 end up you know hiring hiring a dude after that and so then i i go into uh the uh i I'd, I'd been going back to my time at the community college one of the things that i decided to dive into after i knew i couldn't do the four year degree was fire protection technology and i had almost finished a degree in uh fire fire science fire protection technology and it always bothered me that i that i hadn't finished it so at this point in time charlie has bella in in lincoln nebraska and then i was in central nebraska and then i i i drive out back to lincoln to talk to my program chair, former program chair, 
um, at the fire school. And I was like, hey, Terry, Terry Spore is his name. And I was like, hey, Terry, what what would it take for me to graduate? Um, you know, to knock out this degree, because I'd been emailing him over the years in California. And he but the toughest part was is. California has such strict and very unique fire codes that this degree was not going to transfer out there. Gotcha. So that's that's part of why I didn't finish it during that time. But I'm like, oh, hey, hey, now I'm here. Now I'm physically here. What would it take for me to to do this? And then he goes, well, if you started today, you could be done in June. And then this is uh, this is in Easter. And that April. Sounds, yeah, April. Yeah. So then it uh, that doesn't sound right. So June. Uh, either way. So if you start today, you'll be done at X dates. Sure. Um, we'll just say that. Um, and so I went into the bookstore, bought the books, bought the uniform again, came into the bathroom, uh, shaved my beard in the bathroom and then sat down for class. Uh, and then after class, I was like, I better figure out I'm going to stay here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, what was funny is that I really wish, uh, like I was going to get my own place, but then a buddy was like, Hey man, you can stay with me and we can remodel my place together. I was like, sweet. And he was so busy. <laughs> um, I basically just lived in a house that was gutted <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> without hot water. And, you know, and I would just do little chores around cause I'm not a construction dude. Like I can follow directions, but I can't, I'm not going to do anything in someone's house on my own. So I'm, but I'm like pulling all the staples out of the floor, you know, I'm, uh, wiping off the glue off the walls from the wallpaper, you know, mm -hmm. just, just little things like that. And literally sleeping on my buddy's, uh, my buddy's uncle's Vietnam era caught. <laughs> nice. And it, uh, yeah, it broke one day. Uh, it was hilarious, but, that, but that's in that time I had taken Bella back. Um, Charlie asked if I, uh, if, if I would take her back because, uh, I think she felt like that she was still more of my dog and that she could see that with, even though we had her together and Charlie was so great with her and I, I've got to give up so much of Bella's good, um, behavior to Charlie's work with her, um, you know, and, and just discipline, um, with her as I've realized that. One, I've got completely different breeds now, um, but also I've I've given them freedom that my dog, that Bella, never had. And and as you would be mad at me, <laughs> if, <laughs> if I showed you and I, if I whined about any of the, you know, like if I bitched about anything, you'd be like, "Well, that's your problem, Rob." And I was like, "I know." <laughs> um, that's awesome. But the uh, anyway, so uh, so Bella was with me there, and all my friends had left Lincoln. Um, so it wasn't like coming home going, you know, like when I went back to Lincoln, so it was kind of isolating as I was, um, staying in that little spot, um, and going, going to school, not knowing if I was going to pursue this or not on the fireside, but just wanting to finish it. Um, but thinking that that's probably what I was going to do next. Um, and then, 
Bella gets diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer at, at uh, eight years old. <laughs> like, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> you might as well just walk around with a full-time jockstrapping cup on, buddy, because you were getting yeah, I kicked know, right? every yeah. time. This is So this might sound horrible, but one of my friends, when I was working at, with a, a PTSD group at, as a mentor, um, when I was sharing some of these same stories, I felt I felt like it was honestly. I don't know how many people would take this as a compliment, but I actually love it. He's like, dude, I don't know how you haven't killed yourself yet. And Jesus. I actually just I honestly felt like I was like, thank you. I appreciate that because then yeah. it just you know what I mean, like that. You're resilient. Yeah. And that's part of why I feel like people um, that may battle with, uh, you know, um, you know, depression and you know ptsd uh things uh and have suffered severe loss sometimes are the people that are worth listening to because they're still here um so it's like so what are you doing you know um how do you continue to keep your perspective uh and and then for me what i thought with bella's diagnosis is that uh it was a gift um because my brother and my sister both just disappeared and I found out through phone calls and then you they're gone, you know, yeah. no, no seeing them again, no open casket type stuff. No, I, I don't even know if that would have made a difference, um, but they're just like poof, just, you know, like magic wand just waves and then, they're, and then they just don't exist anymore. And with Bella, I was told, hey, pay attention. She's going to go. And that's that's what I that's what I did. Um, And uh, it was really tough because there was a moment I almost didn't because one of the things that I wanted to do was I want to travel the world and I still want to do that. And I don't know when that's going to happen again. And hopefully I live live enough that I can Um, because it might it might be a long time down the road before I have the ability to, uh, you know, uh, do so. And, um, the, uh, I wanted to travel all 50 States first, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd already been to Alaska, Hawaii, and, you know, sometimes those are the harder ones to knock out. The Marines took me to both places. Thank you, uncle Sam. Um, and I don't know how many States I'd been to, but I definitely hadn't been, you know, to many on the East coast and, um, you know, I hadn't been to the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I was at first thinking maybe I should wait until Bella's gone. And that, you know, because maybe she can't make this trip because she ended up, uh, it was osteosarcoma that she had. It was in her uh, front left leg. And the vets were like, you need to take this now or put her down. Because the whole reason that she's limping and we had been taking, I'd been taking her to the vet for months over what we thought was a sports injury. And I was finally annoyed with my vet because I'm like, I'm doing all the things that you're telling me to do and she's not getting any better. And you're treating me like I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to do and something else is wrong. So I went to a new vet and it was a physical therapist and like, you know, like with the dog water tank and all that kind of like the treadmill and the body. I was like, yeah. And, and he, this, this dude was ripped and I, yeah, you always got to respect a ripped physician, right? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna listen to you. You know what I mean? I'm like, look yeah. at you, you know what's going on. 
if he had a and British then, accent and was ripped, yeah. he'd be even more. Yeah, smart. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll give him one. We'll give him one. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, but then the doc, uh, we did x-rays first. And then the doc comes in and she's like, hey, can we talk in the back room about those x-rays? And I was like, mother, because that's when I knew that it was bad. And then she's like, hey, this is osteosarcoma. Unfortunately, it's already spread to her lungs. So you're looking at three months, probably. I mean, maybe three to six, but since it's in her lungs already, probably three. And go ahead and take her like, so you need to make the decision now to either take her leg or put her down because it's not fair for her to continue to limp around uh, because she's not limping because of lack of use. She's limping because of pain like this, this, uh, this cancer is growing. The bone starts growing like spider web in, you know, into them. And it's just a very painful uh, experience. And then I was like, well, damn. So do I cut her leg off just for what? Her recovery six to eight weeks to 12 weeks. And then, and then three she's months. dead anyways. Man, that's tough. Uh, and, um, but, and then, you know, since we've been talking about a lot of other things, if people are here just for the, the dog conversation, um, there's been so many more moments of her and I that I haven't talked about in this, in this, in our conversation today. Um, everyone, everywhere I went with her, um, people would comment on our relationship, um, and our ability to, to have conversations with each other, you know, um, for me to talk to her and she, she listened, she looked at me, um, and I, she was the first animal that I, that made me realize that, uh, that everything that I am made of, that makes me, me, uh, she has the same thing. I believe, you know, like I believe that she has a, she has a soul. Um, I saw it in her eyes. Um, so that's what I understand. Soul dog. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I've, I'm noticing labs are spent. <laughs> Labs have that, uh, I feel like a lot, maybe if you, I don't know what, how you feel. Um, but, uh, I'm also just learning how special labs are, um, and how much of her was not just her, but also just the, the long line of, of labs and, you know, um, well, I can tell you this, I work with a lot of labs and I have worked with a lot of different breeds and i I may be jaded from my job where, you know, the there's someone else's dog. I'm hired to do a job. I do my job. I care for them. I care about them. Um, I look them over to make sure they're okay. I really care about them. I don't love them. Does that yeah. make sense? They're, they're someone yeah. else's dog to love. Yeah. 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 But and and then I have other in that moment that I'm trying to explain this. I think that there are some of those dogs that are Labradors that aren't as in tune with us. Just their genetic makeup, their what makes them tick, and what makes them different. And so, when I hear you talk about her and the relationship you had with her, I truly believe that that is special. If you got a yeah. different Labrador. It may not look at you the same way. It may not have that same connection. Right. And I just think that it really is a special relationship 
that you shared with her that yeah. you may not ever get again. You may not <laughs> ever get again, but it's yeah. it's so hard to find what you had. Yeah. Yeah. And that's there's some but I do think where, labs are great and they do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, right, of course. Well, and there's times and maybe I'm maybe I'm saying that to deflect my true belief of that damn right she was special. Yeah. You know, like damn right our Yeah, you're being humble about it almost. Maybe, you know, um, you know, and there's there's um you know, and then maybe I'm you know, playing to just knowing the again, back to that selfish thing, you know, like do I think that does me thinking that our relationship was special make me think that I that there's something you know what I mean? Like that I'm special that what we had was special, but when the like vet veterinarians, especially at places that are like really busy, when when multiple people like tell you like, dude, I've never seen, I've never seen like someone like a a couple, a pair, um, so in tune with each other with the way that you guys communicate, and I just loved, I loved hearing that, uh, and I also. One of the best things about Bella for me is that because people, um, she might as well have been my therapy dog um, or, you know, uh, service dog uh, because she provided that for me. But she was never uh, I got her certified as a as a therapy dog to go do therapy. Um, but then that was before she had her. Uh, I did that in California. And then when I moved to Nebraska, we never got with a new team. And then by the time that we did, she had lost her leg. And they're like, well, she's not a candidate anymore. And I was like, man, how better of a dog, you know, could you get than a three-legged friggin' dog with floppy ears, you know? Like, is that's that was what was so cool about her, too, is like the lessons that she taught me. Like the first time that I saw her. See, here we go. Now we're really talking about Bella. This feels. Let's do it. We were just, we were just so in our, our, our other story. Um, and I'm, I'm. I apologize if that's if we were there too long. Um, I enjoyed that, man. Okay, it's well, that, that's, that's what. Yeah, yeah, and that's what. Because uh, one thing that is hard is that so many people do know me on the dog side. That like I want to share more Bella stuff, but that people get weird like on the internet and stuff like that. Like they try to like own the presence there, like your your dog, you know, and like oh I miss her so much, and you know and. Like, oh, do you? <laughs> like, and uh, and again, I, 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 uh, and I hate that I say stuff like that. I hate that I'm sensitive to that, but I just, I miss her so much that, um, you know, when, um, when a random people... person you don't know and they yeah, never met her, yeah, it's hard, hard to because... hear sometimes. Yeah. 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 I guess instead of like hey, checking in with me and seeing how I'm doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like making, it about, making it about them, you know, uh, it's like, dang, it's like, so like, our, you know, uh, but anyway, the, um, I, uh, now, now, now you're gonna have to help me circle back. Uh, cause now I'm just thinking about that whole, cause it's so, it, oh, that's what I'm starting to say. Yeah. I know what I'm starting to say now is that, so there's times where I want to be like my, part of my story beyond Bella is like the human grief and like the, 
the lessons that I have there and like the compassion that I'm able to have for other people and the conduit or the door or the bridge towards uh, living life after human loss is really important for me. Um, that that is still seen because that's a service that sometimes I feel like that I have value with. And that sometimes when people are only like, show me your dog, you know, yes. um, I'm like, well, there's more than you getting to see pictures of my dog. And even so, if we want to do that, we can get into talking about the relationship about her. But um, okay. So help me get back on track. Now let's talk about so Bella again. Let, let's um, talk. So Bella gets diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. At so at this point they give you the timeline and you decide. Yep. We decided to take the leg, man. We decided to take the leg. And the reason why was because our connection was so, it was just so strong. I mean, I, I could see the, the life in her, in her eyes and the rest of her body, you know, like she was still, she still had, you know, such great muscle tone and, uh, you know, like it was, she had some atrophy in her left leg from not walking on it. Um, and I was like, if I, if I put her down now, I'm going to be cutting that short, you know? Uh, and, and I don't think that that's, that's the way to do this. Even if it's just six months, you know, um, three to six months, uh, let's go ahead and do this. And everyone was talking about like money, like how, you know, like how much will it cost to put her down? 200 bucks. How much will it cost to take her leg? Two, two grand. What? Just put her down. And I was like, well, unfortunately that's how many people view their animals health. Uh, and sadly, and that's its own commentary too. veterinarian costs don't help. Right. You know, like, I just I just took one of my dogs to the vet and paid nearly a thousand dollars just for just for trying to figure out what's going on with a sore on his ass. <laughs> and a cone a cone for freaking two weeks fixed it. Saliva you know? fixes just like, it, bud. Human saliva. What's that? Human yeah, saliva. Well, dude, he, you know, that's dude. I was trying to let him do it and he licked himself another hole in his By like, the way, opened yeah. yeah. Another asshole. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was it my saliva? Were you talking my saliva? Was I supposed to be licking his wound? Yes, yes, it's scientifically proven. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) You know, and then because I I would do seriously though, because that's what I was. I was like, all right, you got to save a thousand dollars. I'll lick that butt. Yeah, yeah, I'll lick. I'll lick that butt. Uh, But anyway, so (laughs) yeah, it. it, uh, So we, we, I decided to take a leg. (laughs) This is good. Good to get some laughs in here. and one of the coolest parts, and this is something that I've been able to tell some people, but then also like, hey, I can't tell you that your dog will do this, but I can tell you that mine did. And a couple people have reached out to me and told me that theirs did as well, which was uh, when she came out of surgery. You know, you could hear the vet tech in the back like, oh, my gosh, she, she got up. And, and so she got up on her own, her own power and then came out on three legs and then like leaned into me in this in this way that seemed as if it was like oh thank you for getting that thing out of me wow you know like just like oh that thing had hurt so bad and she just leaned into me and her tail her tail was just wagging and then uh, um 
I was like, all right, baby girl, let's, let's go home and took her back to, uh, that the house that was, you know, under, under, under construction. And I try to make sure I, I cleaned it all up, uh, as good as I could. So there wasn't like dust around that could get in her incision and stuff. And then she, she woke up in the middle of the night, um, and wanted to be let out. And so like, I, I went to go let her out to, to go pee and, um, uh, she did her first attempt to pee and then fell forward, did a little face plant, you know, wasn't, wasn't ready to, to do a squat without that extra leg. And, uh, she was cool about it because she was still a little bit drunk off of her meds, you know, she, you know, she's like, Oh man. Like, did you just see that? Nobody looking, nobody looked. Yeah, nobody like, saw. like I'll hold, I'll, I'll hold your hair back, baby girl. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but I actually, uh, I, I, I just went and got a sleeping bag. Um, and then, um, because she she laid down, she laid down on the grass. So I just went and got a sleeping bag and just just slept out on the on the yard uh, with her uh, until morning time. And then when people asked me like, "How was her recovery? Was it so? Was it hard for her?" And I was like, "Man, the hardest thing was was getting her to slow down because she was like, woo, <laughs> I'm like." Good. Ain't free, baby. Um, and awesome. but she's got this. She's got staples from her chest all the way back to her shoulder because they take the shoulder blade when they do it. Uh, so it's 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 like Frankenstein looking, you know, incision. And so it, like the hardest part was like yeah, getting her slowing her down uh, so that she wouldn't uh, you know hurt herself or uh, open that incision. And you know it, it was a while before we decided. Uh, like I said, um, you know do I wait and stay here uh, with her before uh, until she passes and then go on this trip um, that I want to go on. And I had this vision of me getting to uh, the Northeast coast for the first time. Like I've been to the South, you know, like Carolinas military, but I like up in Maine, um, and I had what's and this is this is not so um, if 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 we talk long enough to get back there, we'll we'll see. So just remind me about Maine. Um, but I have this vision of being there. Without her, like I, I'm there, I'm looking at the ocean and I look down and she's not there. And then I was like, no, I need to do this trip with her, you know, cool. Um, and uh, we it was, it was when I went to the park with her a few times and then saw how like much energy that she had and how long she could, you know, she could run on three legs and it was, uh, it was further than I thought it would be. And she was healthier than I thought it should be. And she could go up, up flights of stairs. And, um, like she was just teaching me so much about resilience and, uh, you know, adapting. And she was, well, I think one of the greatest things is again, dude, we're soft us humans, man. <laughs> like, True. Dude, she, she, she never complained for a second. So you what, I mean? the, what, let's talk about the journey that you took yeah. with her and, and your goal of hitting 50 States. And but let's talk about the journey. And I know that there are some amazing people and stories along the way. Let's talk yeah. about the journey and, and how that opened up. For yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's, and again, is it, the journey almost didn't happen, uh, again, like there's all these little things that 
because I, I got a call uh, from the groundlings, the improv school that I was going to. And my weight, I was, I had made it far enough in the, in the program to like where the last class or the last, you know, class that you take, you have a performance at the end and the alumni are in the audience and they just vote on whether or not you can continue. Mm. And um, if they say no, that was your shot. You don't, you never get to try again. So getting invited to come to their advanced class in that circle is a, it's a big deal. And it's something that you show up for. And this was literally happening as I was getting ready for our trip. And I was like, I'm let's go do that. This is where I should go. And then I'm packing now, instead of our trip, I'm packing to go to California and I'm coming down these stairs and Bella is on the stairs and then I'm like, okay, move. Like, what am I going to do with you in California? Ah. And that very moment, I was like, dude, have you not learned anything? What are you doing? Stop. And then, so then I called back and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming. And so it's weird. All these, you know, these, these times of, of like being drawn back. And, and I, I, I still feel embarrassed for even just saying that that happened, but it's still, um, it it did. It's the truth. Um, but I, I still I'm I'm glad of what I chose. But I guess I'm still not afraid to admit that uh, I still had to fight a desire to, um, you know, go chase that silly little dream again when it when it popped up. Um, and then I can tell you though that when her and I hit hit the open road, uh, every time that I was behind the steering wheel of, of my forerunner. I got a fourth gen 2003 forerunner sport, uh, just a little pro, you know what I mean? It's just the, uh, but God forerunners are such, such a good rig. And there's like such a great dog rig. Uh, cause the, the seats lay down completely flat in the back, the back window rolls down. You can drive them stock anywhere as long as you got decent tires. Um, and it became, it was like, our mobile, uh, you know, doghouse, uh, <laughs> two dogs rolling down yeah. the road together. Where did you go first? Uh, Chicago. Um, and, cause I had Marine buddies and he said, cause there was a lot of, there was a lot of, um, reconnecting. Cause by this time, shoot, would I, would I have been out like six, six years or so, you know, maybe, and then, uh, so there was a lot of reconnecting with vets, uh, uh, that I'd either served with there or that through the cycling organization, um, or through disaster relief stuff that I had been doing that I didn't even mention during this because it's just too much. <laughs> there's, there's too much random shit. Uh, you could, you'll, my ADD is probably already very apparent to anyone that's listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, there's been some things that uh, have been pretty awesome about it. But anyway, so I'm there uh, visiting a Marine buddy. We go to like, uh, there was a, that was the only time on my trip that I kenneled Bella, like at, at a kennel. Um, and when I got her out, uh, she was there for 
just not even 24 hours. It was just because I went to the my buddy invited me to the Marine Corps ball that they were having there. And of course, of course, I'm going to go to that. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of the few times I, you know, couldn't take Bella with me. But when I when I got her um, out, she she pissed for like five straight minutes. I was like, man, did you guys ever freaking let her out? You know, right, 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 right. <laughs> and, and maybe they did and she just didn't go. But I just remember being like, all right, I'm sorry, baby girl. I'm not I'm not going to do that. And we, we she was never kindled again. And except for the times towards the end where she was having some more vet stuff going on. Um, but uh, some crazy stuff happened in Chicago, too, um, where I went to the Christmas tree lighting ceremony uh, down there. And this I I'm now I'm hanging out with one of my one of my other buddies and, and uh, he's having some like backyard parties and like showing me like this kind of cool neighborhood in Chicago where like, that's just what people have done for a couple uh, generations. have had like people party in their backyards, you know, like, yeah. and, and like, it was just awesome. You know, like the whole neighborhood was doing it. Uh, and, this, and then Bella was getting loved on by everybody there. And cause that's one of the cool things too, that people don't, uh, some people didn't like about seeing some of the stuff on my trip is that I do stuff with people a lot and they're like, Hey, you know, once people started tuning in, they're like less people. I'm like, More well, dog. yeah. And I was like, well, the thing is, is that, uh, there's a lot of animal people that are great animal people and really bad people, people. Um, and, uh, as like, I've always said, give people a chance, especially dog people for one, but also Bella loved people. She loved meeting new people. Like she went up to everybody. She loved getting the attention, you know, um, and people loved her. And what was great about her too, is that uh, she was the perfect dog for, if someone was scared of a dog um, that you could be like, no, 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 get right in here. Like, I don't think you could do anything to force this dog to bite you, right. you know, like, like in a, in a sad way, almost, you know what I mean? Like, like I, yeah. I think she would just, you know, like there's, hey, yeah. uh, she wouldn't even defend herself. Yeah. But, um, the, uh, anyway, so I go to this Christmas tree lighting ceremony and she stays at, at my buddy's place. I take the train. Um, and I just want to take some pictures cause I, I, you know, was taking pictures along the whole way and, and she was a really big part of that. And she was kind of my muse and some of the photos that I would take with her, uh, along this, along this trip. And, um, but I, I thought that was kind of an like iconic thing to be downtown Chicago and see their, you know, big Christmas tree lit up. And then, um, there's, uh, after it's over, I just notice all these, uh, police bicycles get loaded, unloaded out of these trailers. And I just, I just walk over there and I've got my little camera. I'm like, Oh, what do you guys, you got, um, you got a like training going on or something? And he's like, no, the uh, the video dropped. Um, no, no, he said, oh, he's like, no protests. And then I I offered as like, oh, the video dropped. Um, which I thought the timing was interesting that uh, they so there was there was a, a kid that had been shot, and they released the uh, they've been waiting mm. to release the footage. But when they're when the footage got released uh, of all the days that they decided to do it and times, it was right when, um, right when the, the entire crowd was downtown 
you know makes sense uh, yeah. it's like kind of interesting <laughs> um but so then i'm like well, okay i'm just gonna come maybe maybe i'll just kind of check out what's going on a few blocks later um i am right in the middle of this nationally televised um protest uh for the shooting of uh, laquan mcdonald uh he was shot 19 times um uh by by cops um and, and um my camera gave me access to 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 be all the way in it and through it um and like it was it was really weird to experience uh because um also um you know there there was like this is america and i was like hey well even though this is on everyone's tv and this is this is i'm not denying this problem at all i you know like i but this is also here on this street uh in two groups that have like the the police came out to stand in front of the police station and um because that's where the protests were coming and even though it was in everybody's uh houses across the entire country and everyone's dialing into it this is happening on one city block um and then because that even like on the other hand of like when portland when people like oh portland's such a piece of shit uh town look at what's happening here I wanted to go into Portland and, and film the rat, how much of Portland is not that, mm-hmm. you know, um, just because sometimes we can focus and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from, you know, police violence and the seriousness of, of, of that, but it's still just weird being right, in it, right in it. Um, and then also seeing, uh, you know, like kind of wishing there was someone there mediating, uh, because what was wanting to happen, conflict was wanting to be started. Like, you know, dudes are like, have have skateboards, like they're threatening to hit the cops in the face with them. Just, you know, like wanting to get uh, riled up. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I, uh, the one of the, the lead dudes of the like he was the face of the movement i actually tapped him on his shoulder and this is why i say it's a total forrest gump move um because like when you see uh it was like brown versus, versus board of education like when the uh integration of the schools in forrest gump like the famous video of uh you know the, the black people walking into the schools um and then a girl drops a book and then he's like oh sorry here you are ma'am get her his book <laughs> Uh, I guess he's always just popping up somewhere. I'm literally like talking to the dude. I'm like, hey, what's what's your end game here? You know, like, are you trying to incite more violence? To, like, what is this going to do? You know, like, we need to have a conversation. And then another dude, journalist with like credentials, looks at me and he goes, if you're going to be here taking pictures, you need to just take pictures and not interact. And I was like, but isn't that the problem? Right. You know I mean, like, don't we need to, you know, uh, like, let's hear their, let's hear these grievances. Let's, you know, let's see, like, where can we come, you know, like, what can we do? Uh, like, besides just this, this tension of, of wanting to, you know, uh, and then what was, so then as I'm, you know, as it's 
I'm, I'm kind of like leave from that area. And like, like, again, this is all just crazy that I'm even here in the, in the middle of this. And it's something that it's, I don't, it's not in the book. Um, you know, because it's like a red herring is what they call it. Or, or, or and then it's, you know, even now, as I'm saying this, I don't want to be misinterpreted as, um, you know, uh, what, whatever political views that people might think that I have or whatever. Um, but it was still just like, because I, I, I have this craving for, for uh, peace uh, and, and conversation uh, amongst people um, and, and uh, trying. And I think so much of it comes from the deaths that I've experienced and realizing that, man, we are alive for such a short moment of time. You know, like we are wasting so much by, you know, fighting each other. So what can we do to, to um, you know, come together? Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, um, but then as I'm coming out of there, like also in his news, like Kugler and it's, uh, he's a, a, a news anchor. And the last time I saw him was on a, a cycling ride with the organization that I cycled with in Italy. That, that's where I no met way. this dude. And then I just, you know, and then he's, then I just run into him on, he's like, he's like, who are you working with? I was like, <laughs> I'm, uh. On a I'm road here. trip with my dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I told him, you know, and he's like, what? Oh, okay. And then he's like, if you want to do more work or whatever, he like hit me up later. Like, yeah, that's not happening. Um, uh, Cause that's the thing. I don't think that I ever could be somewhere. And then see a time of like potential mediation, helping a situation and then not trying, Right. you know, but it, at the same time, it's like, hey, this isn't your fight. You know, it's like, hey, shut up, white mid mid Midwest boy. Like, this isn't your fight. And I was like, well, I don't want it to be a fight. I want it to be a solution. Um, so that was just, I and mean, that's just a crazy part of like this trip. Um, Where did you go after Chicago? Yeah. So then after Chicago, I'm trying to think if we went, if we, uh, how far we made it before we get to. Uh oh, we go to like Ohio, put in bay. Yeah, so um I hear about this little island. Um because where am I? I'm like bowling green. Am I like near bowling green, Ohio? And my aunt tells me, she's like, Hey, will you please stop by and visit my my longtime friends from like the 70s? And sure, then so I, I so. yeah, and I did, and it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, cool. they were cool and they love, you know, and again, um, Bella, I think helped with, with people so much, uh, because our relationship, like people have said this, you can tell a lot about a person by the way they treat their dog. And we and this was this was one of the things too that I loved about Bella so much, or and our relationship is that with all those judgments that I had and all those self-deprecating uh, type things, one thing that I was proud of was who I was when I was with her. You know, I was like, I'm doing this right, uh, and uh, I I believe that she allowed people to trust me more than if I was just by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does that yeah, make sense? A hundred percent. It makes yeah. you more approachable. It opens conversation. It brings people together. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons that 
um you know i've wanted to do all these different things and again the the add bug has has you know allowed me to to do some really cool things but then also start a million things or have a million ideas that might be pretty awesome (laughs) valid and and have finished yeah i've actually i feel like i've accomplished a lot but it's overshadowed oh thank you brother appreciate that i but i think it's overshadowed by the amount of things that I say that I want to do. And then that's one thing that sucks is because I say I want to do so much, you might just say I'm just full of shit you, and you can't trust anything that I say that I'm going to do because I never do them. But I actually have done a ton of things. Okay, so after after Chicago, my aunt asked me, she's like, hey, we meet up with uh, some of my longtime family friends in like near Bowling Green, Ohio. I meet up with them. And their grandson talks about just coming back from Put-In Bay, like this little, it was like a three-mile island in, uh, was it Lake Erie? Is that Probably, one, one, yeah. Great, yeah. one of the great lakes there. And um, I find out that it's a community of people that live there. The ones that live there, the communities like that live there year-round is dozens if not you know less than 200 i mean it's like it's it's very small number but then in the in the summer it's like a midwest cancun um (laughs) fills up and it's got the world's longest bar um like because it's got these fingers that go on that's what makes it the longest because it just wraps around like this um and the uh it uh I just hear about it. I'm like, okay, I want to go there. I didn't know at the time how small the population got. Like we, we take a ferry and it was the first ever ferry ride. And then Bella and I, you know, like just, I thought that was so cool that she got to be in the ferry with me. Like she's, and again, anytime, anytime that we're on the road for anyone listening, you've got to understand that Bella's head was out the window almost all the time. And that was, uh, she just loved that. She lived for that. And uh, so we, when we visited the Island, uh, no one was there because we were on the off season. So everything was closed. And then I'm like, uh, go to the one little bar that was, that was open. And it's the only like bar slash restaurant. It, it, it's the one that has the longest bar, but that part of it is closed. And they just like, it, just like the front bar is open and they serve food. And it's the only place that's serving food at, you know, during the winter. Uh, I think it was, it was tippers. Um, and, uh, when I, when people ask, well, where are you staying? I was like, I'm staying at the state, the, the state park over here, just in the forerunner. I'm like, well, why don't you talk to, and I, I hate that I don't remember his name because we bonded and, and, uh, um, you know, I'm just going to call him Jack for right now. Uh, but he had what was called the bird's nest. And it was just like this little set of like these, these little cabins set up. And, uh, he's like, yeah, why don't you just come stay in one of these instead? And then we stayed there for a week and, uh, and then like I cleaned out, I winterized them all, like took a shop back and cleaned out all the, you know, sucked out all the toilets and the tank water and, and all that kind of stuff and picked up all the beer bottles that people just throw out on their way to go to the bars, you know, leaving there and, and, uh, just had great conversations with him, but like would go watch the, the sunset and the sunrise every morning, uh, on the, like those lakes might as well be the ocean while you're there. 
you know, you yeah. know, yeah, you, you, you have experience, uh, yeah. great lakes. And I don't think people can understand the vastness of a great lake until you're there. And, and it, it's, it's no different than when you're on the beach in an ocean. Uh, well, it's, you know, it's, you know what I'm saying? As far as your perspective, it's that vast. Yeah. You and, can't see the other uh, side. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we we had the spot in the park to ourselves every time we went there and that's what became a lot about our journey is that since we were kind of going you know towards winter time because the marine corps birthday is uh you know november 10th so that's when we were in chicago so by this time you know it's continually getting um you know further into winter and uh after after we left there and said goodbye but before we left we were invited to the annual Christmas party at the lighthouse to where they have it inside the lighthouse. And it's the only time that the lighthouse is open to the public during, you know, the year. And, and just like that experience, uh, it was amazing. And I still, uh, stay in contact with a few people like through Facebook and they're like, they're always like saying, Hey, come back, you know? And I, I want to, uh, I just, again, I don't yeah. know when, when that those opportunities are going to come up. Uh, and then, so we end up going, uh, all the way up, you know, through, uh, all the way up the East coast and, and meet more people and, and more vets and, and, uh, have, uh, like I called the gay Christmas, um, <laughs> just a <laughs> Vietnam vet dude, you know, just, um, gay dude uh and his and his buddies were gay uh which and again i say this just because it's some people like why does it matter because just because it does it matters to the story because it was you know because like we go out like i just hang out hang out with these three gay dudes and me uh and just getting wasted in the middle of uh jesus new hampshire boscoin was it was the town uh patrick was the dude's name and his and his his dog's name was cruza spelled c-r-u-z-z-a-h but that's awesome. his name is cruiser that's so new hampshire too cruiser. right yeah yeah because his name is cruiser but he just went ahead and spelled it cruiser i love it right yeah he's like yeah it's cruiser um and uh just had a really good time with, with those dudes uh you know and um and it was what's funny too is like i'm not gonna be i'm not, <laughs> this is this is part of why it's funny that it's gay or that, that I mentioned that the the dudes are gay is that um I, I'm not too afraid to admit that I was like I didn't mind you know the the, the flirting with me I'm like oh hey and I was like oh god yeah, no, no. oh yeah I'm still in my prime yeah you know what I mean I was like I'll I'll it, it was flattering yeah baby <laughs> like, I dig it all right okay, well, that, that that felt nice still got um, it yeah yes exactly yes mm, still got it um but the uh and and then again um those dudes were super cool and uh of course just loving on bella and everyone people people loved bella so much extra because they also knew of her time yeah right so they know that they're not just connecting with this dog on three legs it's so inspirational for what she can do but you know like on three legs um but that she's they know that they are touching um, something that will be gone soon, you know, uh, touching life that is, that is on its way out. And then that's like a special moment. And I feel like that when you are connected with birth and death, 
that is when you're kind of like the most in tune to life because it's it's the closest to it not being there um and so it kind of makes you like oh shit like this is the moment um and so we we make it to maine and when i when we get to the spot in um oh shoot what's what's the town what's the town's name because there's there's a, a town there that's got the same name as out here portland yeah there's a portland maine yeah, it's portland portland <laughs> nailed maine. It. yeah nailed it uh and when we get when we get to the water there i shit you not man i shit you not i promise you it was what i saw when i looked and thought about the trip and looked down and bella wasn't there and you can i don't know I mean, I've said I'm crazy enough uh, that you're like, whatever, this is this dude's too, too freaking far gone. But I'm I'm telling you. I looked down and I saw her and there she was. And I was like, yep, this is this is where we're supposed to be. This is we are we are doing the right thing. Uh, and we went on up to Acadia National Park. And then um, we I wanted to hike uh, Cadillac Mountain, I believe is what it's called, to where from the top of it, you can see the sunrise the first that's the first place that you can see the sunrise from the continental united states uh and we were there at new year's eve so i was like oh yeah first new year but i found out to get to the top of it um like there was a three mile hike just where the road was closed and i was like i'm not gonna be able to take bell that far you know um and so we we camped the base of it and then went to the to the rocky shore and then got up and watched the sunrise just off the ocean, you know, um, from, from there. Uh, and, uh, I've got pictures, uh, of her there and that's like some of, some of my favorite moments. And so then we start heading south and then I stop by and see, um, yeah, we should stop in New York, New York city. I, I see the George to the rescue crew, um, that worked on the house in LA that I was talking about because mm -hmm. Bella was with me there. Bella was with me there every day. So they knew Bella and I, George invited me to his house and, and, uh, in Jersey. So then I like get over there, get to meet his wife and his kids and they get to love on Bella. And then I continue. Oh, we, and we run through central park and we shit where is Boston. Would we have gone to is Boston further South than New York? No. She probably so, uh, we Boston South. than New York. Okay. Yep. And that's that's one thing that's annoying is I thought that after going there, because the East Coast is all muddled up for us True. people that aren't from there. You know, it's like, man, that's all crowded up over there. And I was like, but once I go and explore it, then I'll know. And I've already obviously forgotten. I'm like, uh, you know, where where is everything? So in in Boston, we stopped by like the Tun Tavern, you know, like where the, the Marine Corps was born. Which nice. is just a sign now. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh. <laughs> but they've they've got another pub out the way. But we take a carriage ride, and the dude was like super cool and invited invited Bella up on the carriage. Uh, so I got to have her, you know, on as we took this carriage ride around town. And he was like so knowledgeable. And I was, I still have his number uh, in my phone. I, you know, I haven't texted him for a couple years now. Um, and. Uh, you know, we get to, uh, stopped in DC, saw my old first sergeant, saw one of my buddies who's working at the Pentagon. Um, and again, Bella's, Bella's here. 
fellas meeting everybody. Everybody is just happy to see us. Um, so they gave her three to six months. Yeah. How long did, did this journey take? Because I'm I'm not tracking it as well. It was like November time frame, I think, of the diagnosis. Yeah. And now and we're because. So we're gonna. I'll just just to. Uh, I guess if anybody wants to read more of the story instead of me telling it to everybody here, yeah, you could of buy course. The dog named Beautiful by Rob Kugler. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, so it ends up being like 18 months total is how long she Holy she lived. Cow. Yeah, because what, what happened was we get down to we, we dip down into uh, we get as far south. We go to the Carolinas, meet uh, my Marine buddies there. I go to uh, like my old CO uh, with his family and then like his little boy was born premature and like has has a arm that. Uh, didn't quite form right, uh, kind of like the Nemo, you know, like had that, how he had his little crack in his egg. They call it like his like lucky fin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that was something that resonated with, you know, with Bella on three legs and him. Um, and he just was so excited, uh, Gabriel, uh, to to get in the uh, in the forerunner with Bella. Cool. And like, man, this is Bella's bed. This is so cool. And I've got a picture of of those two in there together, and. Uh, make it down to savannah georgia and i fell in love with savannah i mean savannah's friggin i tell everybody that when they're like what was your favorite place i was like let's see here do you want like geography or a city if i'm gonna tell you geography utah might be it um city savannah hands down because staying at my buddy's place it was dude eight his house was built in the 1800s yeah amazing (laughs) and and like the wood, the wood that was carved then is you can still touch what hands carved then and going down like the, the, the cobblestone roads were made from the ballasts of the ships that, you know, uh, came from Europe. And, uh, you know, it's like seeing all the, the, the old history that exists on the East coast was, was really fascinating, but the, it was the very first drive coming down into the main street of Savannah. Uh, and then, if if you have if you haven't experienced Spanish moss before this moment, and you drive in there, and all of a sudden these oak, these live oaks are just stretching across the entire place, and and this moss is just draping it, you're like, oh yeah. my god, what is this? And then walking through and like through there at night and taking Bella on walks at night because it was because uh, we ended up revisiting it in the summer. Uh, it was hot, so it'd be easier to walk at night, and that city has a heartbeat even if no one is outside like that city is alive and yeah. uh that's just what i thought was kind of the coolest part so uh of that but we we just barely dipped into florida into uh um saint augustine when uh, uh my buddies asked me to come back to kansas city for a uh to, to be a, a leader at the um uh, uh, like holistic healing retreat for uh, veterans and first responders. And so I kind of beelined it back there and um, went to that. And Bella was there and like, you could see her be that therapy dog 
for other people and kind of like go to the people that maybe needed her the most at the time. And uh, then again, it was so easy. I, I, I still wonder if people would have had the same respect for me that I, that they've formed and the relationships that we formed if I was there by myself. It doesn't really matter. You still touched enough lives and so did she. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And she was, and so rambler. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, can you hear me I when know. I talk like that? Oh, you can. I'm turning the microphone off. The puppy's dreaming over there. And he's like, <laughs> is his name rambler? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My bad. I, I thought, thought I was turning my mic off every time I cracked a beer. My bad. I thought you were yelling at me for rambling. Rambler. I'm like, sorry, buddy. I know. I know. No, yeah, I was like, he's dreaming and also, over there. We're already past the 10 minute. We're out. Yeah. We're oh, yeah past you're in trouble. So yeah, let's, cool. uh, let's wrap it up into, you know, the final moments yeah. of, of Bella's journey and, and then where people can read the full story. Yeah. Okay. So without, without spending too much time on it, I had missed Kentucky. Um, I realized I'd missed Kentucky when we were back in Kansas city. So I, I snuck back east a little bit to grab Kentucky. And when I had friends in Nashville that were like, hey, you're you're like an hour away. Come see us. And then I go down there. And then my buddy, uh, one of the uh, military vets through the cycling organization, he was in a bad spot in Nashville. And he's like, hey, man, can you give me a ride uh, back to my mom's house in, in Jacksonville, South Carolina? I was like, good Lord. I just got back from over here. You know? Um yeah, let's do it. And um, I just I just couldn't leave him there. He he had a, a, a bull terrier um, mix, uh, or a staffy, a staffy um, rescue, and he just needed to get out of where he was. And so I took him there, and then we dipped all the way back down and made it to the Keys. And it was when we were down in the Keys that uh, a cousin of mine was like, "Hey." can we run a story? It, he worked at a local news place back in Nebraska. And um, I told him no, because I just didn't want, I already had some family being like, man, quit, you know, screwing around with your dog, you know, go get a real job. And I was like, man, I'm sorry that I didn't have kids when I was 19 years old. And that I have the ability to like, go do some of the things, these things now before I do have kids, because if I do, when, when, when will I ever have a chance to do this stuff again? Right. You know? Um, and, uh, so I just didn't want to hear flack from them. Um, and that's why I said no. But then the next day I was like, man, forget that. Don't let haters friggin' hold you down. You know? I was like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do this. And then did an interview while we were driving down like those iconic bridges, you know, uh, that are above the water in the keys. And then that by that night, uh, it, it blew up. It was the, it was the number one thing on Reddit. It was, um, you know, a sports center's top 10 was weird. It was sports center, but, uh, and then that's, that's what just then blew up people following it, following the journey. And then, um, you know, there, there were a couple things that I couldn't like stop. Like they were like, Hey, he sold this time. I was like, I was renting a place, you know, um, which we didn't even get to in this part. 
because I ended up renting a place after in the meantime while Bella was healing. Uh, and then I just didn't re-sign the lease. So like I didn't sell a house, you know, um, you know, just just little things like that. So I was like, hey, you, you're missing this stuff. And just some people are just trying to make it like a little bit more dramatic than it was or whatever. Um, but still, the, the the story was the truth that I was basically doing all I could to spend, even though I was spending time with other people, the the trip was my excuse to be actively doing something and not have to leave her, you know, um, and, and, and bring her with me. And every time we went to a vet, when they were like, when I told them it was a new vet. And when I would tell them, Hey, I just want to get a checkup. Uh, here's her history. And they're like, well, that can't be right because she'd be dead by now. And they'd kind of look at me like I, I was, I didn't know what I was talking about. And then, the emails would come in from our vet with her original x-rays um, or they would get the x-rays back uh, if they were taking any. And they're like, I don't know how she's alive um, because it's, she's, she's got, um, yeah, her lungs are full of cancer, uh, but she is uh, presenting as, as a very healthy and happy dog. So I would just continue to do what you're doing because I think that you're, living every day and continuing to travel and continuing to do things and meet new people is what's keeping her alive. And I felt like that that's what was uh, doing the same for me. Uh, so uh, we continued on. Uh, we uh, back through Nebraska one more time, visit family and we're going through Colorado. And by this time, the only States that we have left are Washington and Oregon. Uh, and I actually been to Washington before. So our only state left is Oregon and we get a little trip with my nephew in there real quick after he graduated high school. Um, uh, we went to the Dakotas, uh, and again, Bella's here there and, and like swimming in Lake Sylvan. Uh, I got a paddleboard and she loved, we started every chance we could get, she'd hop on the paddleboard and, and her, her, she just let her lone paw just, just dangle in the water. And then her tail would always be on the other side, just dangling in the water. And she just, because she loved to swim so much, she just loved the water and then she found out oh hey this is actually pretty cool because now i can just chill and be on the water and make this dude do all the work <laughs> right right you know and i and i loved it though i was like this is this is it baby and like i would just um and then cancer popped something popped back in her mouth and she ended up getting uh some cancer in her mouth and i so we got that looked at at csu and um, just as we were trying to figure out what to do with that, uh, that's, that's when someone started to go fund me and, and we were able to pay for all of our vet bills and then like, just get, it was so amazing. Like team Bella is what we called, uh, everybody that came together and we were able to just do that right away. And then we started, um, raising money for other people's. I would, I, I took mine down as soon as it was like enough to pay for Bella's bills and then started, raising money for other people's and I would love to have like continued to do that. But then it started getting crazy and I couldn't, you know, like everyone was asking even for money just for themselves, you know, like, Hey, I'm in a bad spot and it's really hard to say no to people. Um, so I just started just not doing it anymore. Um, which I'd love to figure out how to, how to get back to doing that, but in a way that, uh, you know, is, uh, it's true. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but anyway, we're like I'm packing up. the The vets are with us. They've they've given me contacts in Oregon to to meet more vets out here just to like continue her care because it's palliative. You know, like we know that she's not. You know, she's got a couple weeks left probably, but she's still got a lot of spirit with her. Um, and then uh, but then just overnight one night it's like literally i'm i'm leaving the next day for oregon and i'm in denver uh and she just had you know kind of just like funky cough like <clears throat> cough we go to the vet and they're like bro she's she's gonna she's gonna drown in her her fluid if you don't if you don't put her down so you're gonna want to do that and uh i i wanted a you know like more hippie like let's go to the river man and like i had a lady lined up that would meet us there and they're like if you if you take her off the oxygen that she's on right now that they were supplementing her like they could just take the mask off and her lips her her gums would turn purple uh pretty quickly and it was just like even though she lasted so long that that last minute went so fast that that last day you know um and when i look back at pictures one day before I can see it that I didn't see then. It's not like it was weeks or months before, but one day before I I saw pictures of that day. I was like, oh, I didn't see that then. She was, we probably could have stayed in Fort Collins that day and just relaxed and met the lady at the river the next day and not have gone to um, Denver and, you know, gone on her way out. Even though when we did go to Denver, she got like she, she got so much love and so many treats, and you know, it's so, like she, she's probably telling me it's like, "Nah, dude, you did fine. This was good." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so we, I, I slept with her in the in the waiting room, um, just holding a nasal cannula up to her nose until the morning, and then we went outside and and um, said goodbye to her in the um, you know helped her out, which was still a tough decision to make because. You know, there's a lot of people that I think say the same thing. It's like, just go for me, please. Don't make me make that decision, you know. And uh, some people get lucky. Uh, but uh, I don't know if lucky is the right word. Um, but, uh, you know, it, uh, it was October 28th. Um, said, said goodbye to her uh, as the sun, as the sun crusted, crested over the horizon. Um and I was felt cheated that I felt nothing like not emotionally felt nothing. I bawled my eyes out, but I felt like no spiritual release or some type of thing. And people talk about like seeing their dog run away. And, and I was like into the hippie shit, you know, and I'm into that. Um, I'm a deeper layered person in that, in that realm, I guess. Um, and I didn't, feel that and i was like well, 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 damn it and then as i stood up uh this big wind gust came and uh the leaves uh the fall leaves that were all around her uh spun and a leaf tornado went around her body and then went off and then so now every time that i see a leaf tornado or even a dust tornado i'll take those i'm like hey bella um and so then I brought her ashes on to uh, 
um, on to Oregon. And that is what led me here. And if you want to find out what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, that's you know, an amazing story. You're an amazing fella. You're a good friend to to so many people along your journey. And I think it probably would have been possible without her, but probably not on the deeper level that you got to enjoy. I think the people that were brought into your life because of her, the journey that you went on because of her, the way life moves and, and rattles you and the, the difficulties of, of losing family members and everything built you who you are sitting in front of this zoom meeting right now, having a podcast for two hours and 20 minutes, you know, and our backstory uh, is just, you got brought into my life. You are now into Kevin's life. You're now into everyone who listens to this podcast life and your journey with Bella across the country is, is an amazing one. And I would encourage everyone to pick up this book to support Rob in the simplest form, just give him a follow, shoot him a direct message and say, heard the podcast, man, you know, I'm in, I'm in. And, uh, dude, it's just an amazing story. I think that there's some really cool things coming down the pipeline to tell this story to the masses. Yeah. Um, because, like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm almost jaded. You know, we started Lone Duck with the unspoken bond. And my friend, you embody what that means. The relationship between a person and their dog that, yes, can we talk to them? We talk at them. They don't talk back. But just sitting still in the silence in Maine, watching the sunrise along the ocean. Yeah. Driving down the road with her head out the window. In those moments, you two are living life. And I think everyone who listens to this podcast has had moments with their dog like that and have been introduced to people that have influenced their life like that. But you got to do it on a very grand scale and you got more life out of the dog than they told you you ever could have by like three times as much. And it allowed you to live a journey that everyone dreams of. And it probably right. wouldn't have happened if she wasn't Without her. part of your life. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that's um, and like I said, so many, so many of the conversations that I was able to have and people I was able to meet along the way were, you know, because of 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 her. You know, yeah. um, she wasn't alive when we met. But because of the journey you two went on, you're now in my life. 100%. Amazing. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, uh, and, you know, I, I, I met a girl, uh, in, in Hood River, Oregon. And like I said, there's, there's a happy ending to the book. So, uh, it doesn't end in tears. Like it, it builds you back up. You're going to cry a lot if you read it. But, um, and she had an amazing journey of her own uh, across the country with her golden retriever, Franklin. And that's that's a lot of what our commonalities, uh, you know, like that's how we we bonded. And, um, 
you know, you, you can read about our happy ending. Uh, in the, tell in the everyone, book that's, yeah, tell everyone where they can find the book and find you. Yeah. So uh, I, if you're posting a link, you can, you can find the book, you know, like at Barnes and Noble. Um, if, if you need to save money, you can get it on Amazon. Um, but if you don't want to throw another penny at Jeff Bezos, I'd appreciate, uh, <laughs> you know, um, like what, if you guys post a link, the link that I gave you is to the local uh, mom and pops, brick and mortar family owned store here in hood river. Um, Ginny and Muir, uh, that's the, that's the name, the owners, uh, like they, if you order from them and ask for a signed copy, it doesn't cost anything extra. They just tell me that, uh, that there's a signed copy in, and then I go down there and sign it. And, you know, you can ask for an inscription, you know, to anybody as a gift or to yourself, uh, you know, and, and with a little guidance of maybe, um, dogs that you know if, if you have anybody that you want to memorialize in the inscription i do that for you um and then they ship it uh you know so it's, it, it supports them and it's the easiest way to get a signed copy because that way there's no there's no extra fees of someone trying to send me a book and me send it back and all that kind of stuff uh and so like that's the best way you know to to buy the book um in my nice. in my opinion is through, through them yeah nice. um yeah. And then there's, yeah. And I'm hoping to continue to do more things. I, I've got a lot more responsibilities than I did when it was just me and, and, and Bella. So sometimes it's hard to figure out like what my message is uh, because it changed because like, it was so easy to be like, yeah, man. Well, like sometimes, you know, like the best plan is not having a plan. And when you see that dirt road and you look down it, the best decision is to turn on that blinker and find out where it goes. That's <laughs> like, that was true. And it was like, it worked so well when I didn't, uh, have, you know, I, again, I knew, I knew that time was, was limited. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I did it. Uh, but it is harder to be like, all right, well, we gotta, you know, there, there's, there's more money making things that unfortunately, uh, life throws at you to where you're like, all right, uh, I've got to figure out some, some of these ways to continue to, to live a message. Uh, sometimes speaking events have helped that, uh, but, um, you know, it's uh, one of those things where follow along and we'll see. I've got some ideas and, you know, maybe maybe writing some more things um, and uh, maybe maybe we can see this thing on the big screen. Um, there's 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 been talk about it for years and it's been moving for years and there's been some people that have been signed in the last couple of years. And so it's it's I haven't really told many people about it publicly, but because you never know, but it's starting to gain some traction to where this thing this thing may happen. And then if that happens, that, that, that could help uh, open up a door to doing, you know, just more things, having a bigger platform and, and maybe making some of these uh, like the foundation stuff easier to um, fund and, and do, and maybe more speaking events and, and maybe kind of get back into uh, to, to live in some of the, live in some of those gospels, you know, along the road. Good for you. Well, Rob, thank you for taking time out of your day to, to, Tell everybody your journey. Uh, share the unspoken bond that you had with Bella, with everyone who tunes into this podcast. It's an amazing story. And if you would do me a solid, click the link in the description so that you can get the book. I'm going to, I want a signed copy. I'm shocked I don't have one. It's no fault Did of I, your I, own. I, 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 yeah, well, that's no, the thing. dude. 
No, you think the freaking loan duck guy could get a signed copy, but no, it's fine. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you this though too. So there, I I've worked with a guy, that, an author that's, you know, working on some stuff and writing a, a, about some other other things, and I've just been helping with him. And he told my mom that I was going to buy his book for her, and then he's like, "Oh hey, hey, have you got your mom that book?" Yeah, I'm gonna buy the. I'm gonna buy a bunch of books, and they're gonna yeah, be the and, Christmas and I was gifts. Like, but but he was telling me, you know, because I, he's like, I've never, besides my immediate family, given a book away, and I've given like just today, I gave I I went down to the store, took the time, and spent eleven dollars to give someone a book. I didn't just give someone a book; I paid to give someone Hell a book. Yeah. That's good. Like I've done that, which yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like I am a bad businessman. No, you're a good <laughs> so. One. Like I took a picture of that book today and I was like, this is the last book I'm giving away, you know, no, um, unless I'm raising money. Like I've got some readers copies, you know, like the, 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 some paperbacks from the UK version, um, that, uh, that exists that I, I want to try to, cause sometimes I still give them, but it, and it's, it's one of the hardest things, you know, like I'm a bad salesman, but this dude was like, telling me, he goes, if you value your work and if you value your life, you'll stop giving your book away. I was He's like, right. okay. He's right. Okay. Well, if but, everyone can go and support you, where can they find you? Uh, give them their your Instagram and and a website. Yeah, so rklifeillustrated.com. That's rklifeillustrated.com. And <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, and uh, just Rob Kugler, R O B K U G L E R. That's at Rob Kugler no, no, there's no not com on that one. Uh, but That's just awesome. in, Instagram is at Rob Kugler. And um, you're going to see journey. a lot of photos of like, well, well, shoot, you're going to find out the happy ending really quickly. If you if you go to my Instagram right now, you're like, oh, this is what happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know. it's an amazing journey. I encourage everybody to support you and support the book because it's 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 awesome, man. It's what we all do this for and why I became a dog trainer and why I enjoy gifting people a dog that they may not have had the ability to create, if that makes sense yep. in a weird way. Like, 100%, man. 100%. They listen, they go and do their the thing that they yeah. love with their owner and, and it's an amazing yeah. relationship that they develop and, and yep. your story is amazing. So thank you for being a part of our show. Uh, everything will be linked in the description to everyone. So please do me a favor and, and support that and stay tuned for more from Rob. All right. I appreciate you, man. And then uh, you just, I'm sure everybody already knows that they follow you uh, that, uh, that you're, the, you're the real deal, man. And uh, it, it's great to see you, like I said, continue to work and continue. Like it's, it's just great to know that you're always going to be you and that with, within that you'll only continue to, to get better at being you and uh, part of me envies that about you, uh, but most of me respects that about you. So um, again, appreciate you uh, having me on and uh, you know, Kevin, I didn't know that we weren't going to talk as much. You, you just got, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I got, we just know. got listening, man. Yeah, you're man. A great story uh, you're a great storyteller and it's just good to, to see you again and I'm glad you're doing well and thank you. All right. I appreciate you. Uh, and then, so I, I will get out now and, and go tins. Ten to, to the, the babies. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Later, brother. Right. Thank you. I right. love you, brothers. Hey, Good to see Bye. you. Hey, join our community. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our YouTube, if you enjoy Instagram, 
It's like buying me and Kevin a beer. Join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. The link is in the description. Click that link. Join the community. We've got tons of great videos, tons of great content, and you can ask me more questions. So join it. Enjoy it. We did it for you, and you're helping us produce this show. So thank you so much to that community. Get in, get out, let's roll. Patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. 